In this adventurous episode, we talk about building yourself for the speed of life. We break down key components that connect a man with the outdoors and, of course, his inner self. Our special guest today is a man known as the Yeti. He is a nomadic professional adventurist sponsored by Brownells. He is a key influencer for thousands of individuals on social media and has a warrior heart big time. He has laid out his life in front of social media for all the world to see. Join us in this great conversation where we dive deep into what it takes to be a warrior, not only in adventure tournaments, but in real life. Stand by. Rise up a warrior, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am the founder and I am the host of this podcast. And I want to say thank you for listening. For all you newbies, welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome to this movement. Welcome to the revolution of the modern day warrior. Check this out. I want to say thank you to so many of you because your support has been absolutely stellar. We just opened up the Man of War swag store less than three, four days ago, and it has been absolutely kicking ass. We've sold hundreds of t-shirts already, great apparel. Go check it out. Grab a lot of these uh, t-shirts are going to be limited, a limited run. So go grab yourself a couple of these t-shirts. They're badass at manofwarswag.com. That's manofwarswag.com. All right, for you guys that have not stopped by the Online Warrior Development Academy, I'm telling you, you are missing the boat. We have over 200 warrior-minded men right now that are transforming their lives, that are getting stronger in spirit, getting stronger in courage and mindset, and you got to go check it out. It's at forgingawarrior.com. I'm giving you 14 days absolutely free. Also, give us a follow at Man of War with two R's on Instagram. Listen, gentlemen. One thing that I do ask from you that is a must, okay, is to go and leave us a review on iTunes. It takes about two minutes, and it'll truly mean so much for us because it'll keep us trending higher on the iTunes charts. That way, other individuals, other warrior-minded men could find out about this show. This is how we develop and grow this movement. All right, last but not least, the Strengthen Your Warrior Spirit Manual is absolutely free. This is a guide that I developed to help you start walking in the warrior's path. Go get it for absolutely free right now at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. All right, guys, we're going to get right into this show. I got to tell you something. You're going to love it. This guy has a warrior spirit. He's a humble dude, but what he's doing out there is absolutely radical. You talk about adventure and danger. This is all about that right there. This is how he develops his mindset, and it has changed his entire life and taken him in a very deep journey of self-discovery. All right, guys, let's jump right into it. Here's the Yeti. Yeti, my brother, welcome to the Man of War podcast. It is an absolute honor to have you on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Man, I got to tell you, we were speaking before the show, and like I usually do, I mean, I speak to all my guests, but you got some heavy shit for us in store, and we're going to dive deep in here. For our audience, Yeti, I want you to introduce yourself and what a badass you are. Hey, guys. Uh, I go by Yeti. I'm a full-time adventurist. I compete in uh, off-road endurance challenges, vehicle-based firearms uh, proficiency, and just basically out anything outdoors. So uh, let's kind of break this down. Let's, j- let's jump right into it. Tell me what your races are made of and what they're about, because the research that I've done 
This shit's risky as hell. It is absolutely a, a type of race, a type of tournament or competition that you must have one fucking solid mindset. You must have a warrior mindset to get through this. And more importantly, you got to have some badass communication skills because your partner, and we're going to talk about your partner in a minute here, you know, you're basically, it's it's your life on the line and your partner's life on, on the line. I imagine when you fuck up. Yeah, it's definitely high risk. You have to, I mean, there's a lot of things you bring into these competitions that uh, will play out in your favor. You you hit on one immediately, and that's mindset and your partner. And those two things are most important to myself and I think anybody that's successful in these uh, endurance challenges. So there is an extreme level of difficulty and uh, danger that's involved in it. You know, when you bring in uh, off-road vehicles and in sketchy situations and recovery situations and things like that, uh, any number of things can play out. But the reality of it is, is uh, if you train well and you go into it with a clear head and, and ready to make those decisions uh, when they come up, you'd be surprised how seamlessly you can move through these competitions. So it's pretty incredible. Who is your partner? So my my partner in competition and in life is uh, Miss Yolo, and uh, she's exactly that. When I introduce her, I introduce her as my adventure partner in life. So, you know, she's uh, my equal, and she's oftentimes the one that pushes me through some of the most extreme situations. So, very fortunate man. That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, having someone by your side that you can trust, I mean, that that is absolutely crucial. I mean, you guys train together, I imagine, right? Absolutely. We train together and uh, we live this lifestyle full time together. So uh, it, somewhat unique to have a male female team in there where it's a male dominant uh, competition, typically just the physical part of it. And uh, a lot of background uh, often lends itself to be male male teams. So it, it's fun to run in there with a girl with a pretty smile and watch her just kind of uh, whip some ass here and there. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. So Let's kind of break this down and give me an idea of what one of these races encompasses. I want to know basically, let's just get started from the training aspect, right? From that that moment where you guys say, all right, this is the event. We're going to train for this specific event. So let's first start going to the car, you know, to your vehicle. I mean, let's talk about that. And then we're going to talk about your training and then your adventures out there. Awesome. Yeah, so the vehicle platform that we uh, use full-time and in competition is a Jeep Wrangler. Mine's a 20-year-old Wrangler. I've had it for, I think, about six years now. Uh, really, there's, I think, under a handful of parts that are left from the factory, and, and they're really kind of the facade of the Jeep itself. Everything else has been outfitted uh, specifically for this lifestyle and these kind of competitions. So, uh, that's the vehicle I'm running. That's We have two of them. Yolo has her own. It's a matching platform. Uh, some mods are a little bit different. Mine's running the LS GM V8 conversion currently, and we're working to get hers into that uh, same uh, powertrain. But really, if you look at visually my rig, it, you could tell it's a, a purpose-built vehicle. It's mostly all tube. It's uh, highly modified and outfitted. Everything's within reach as far as... Uh, gear and, and things like that, recovery gear and anything that you might need on, in a situation. To, to prepare for one of these competitions, the, I guess the best one to talk about would be one that we're actually getting ready to train for now that's coming up in mid-August and it's called 36 Hours of Uari. And that's held yearly down in North Carolina at Uari National Forest. And that's the big one for us. That's the one that uh, last year we entered in as Brownells Pro Team the, in the pro class. And uh, we podiumed. We we took third there against uh, some of the bigger teams. So that made us feel good. And that's the one that when you really think about what it is that we do on a daily, that's the one that that kind of uh, encapsulates our lifestyle and, and really condenses it into three days of competition. It's the best way to describe it would be it's a backcountry endurance challenge and it's a two person team. You got to be completely self-sufficient. 
Hey, my brothers, just a quick break in the action here. Go watch our Warrior short film. You're absolutely going to love it. Inspirational, motivational across the board. You'll see how these men went from A to Z. Go check it out at forgingawarrior.com forward slash warrior film. Uh, precision off-road driving, navigation, uh, high lift, high lift uh, like recovery type scenarios extreme degree hill climbs, uh, down timber where we have to build a bridge and cross over a river, things like that are, are uh, very typical and it's military themed. So it's all based on missions. Uh, there's shooting challenges, you know, with uh, rifle and shotgun. Usually those happen after about two days of being completely fatigued with hardly any sleep and you're just beat down and then you have to go in and kind of slow down your mindset a little bit and, uh, you know, do things that, that are challenging when you're fresh and, and ready typically. And you got to go do that when you're pretty beat down. So, so you basically, you're going out for, for 36 hours. So it's basically an entire day and a half. And, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you yeah, I'm imagining you have prepared food ready to go. You have hydration, yeah. you, you have, you must have some type of kit. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, tell me about your roads where you're going through and what's the objective of the actual competition. So absolutely. We, pre- we prepare all our stuff. Uh, we're self-sufficient during the competition. So there's no outside help. You're not uh, getting to leave and re-up on supplies or anything like that. You have to really kind of think out, uh, nutrition, hydration, any kind of supplies, including f- fuel, anything that you're going to need during that competition, you have to have on board with you, uh, tools and otherwise. So it's fun in, uh, the fact that you find yourselves in all kinds of situations and and you really get to lay out your toolkit your mindset your your skill set and figure out your way through just something as simple as a breakdown that would happen in daily life can be kind of hairy you know on the side of the interstate or something like that you do that on a backwoods trail at the top of a mountain by yourself when you're under pressure and in a time limit you really figure out uh what you're made of and how quickly you and your teammate can get yourself out of trouble so that part to me is particularly fun the mission of the competition for me, I think, really is uh, pushing the limits of yourself and your equipment, you know, on, on all levels. Uh, communication with your partner, you said something about that a little bit earlier. That's huge because there's missions in that where as a navigator as the, or actually as the pilot of the vehicle, I'm blindfolded and have to uh compete or complete courses where it's like rollover situations where it's super off camber, muddy, slick, raining. And, uh, I'm blindfolded and I'm, I'm taking strictly audio commands from my navigator from Miss Yolo. And those type of, uh, situations, if you're not tuned in with your partner, if you're not on a real level where, uh, you understand that, uh, you know, driver easy or passenger hard, uh, without emotion led into those words, uh, you can find yourselves in, in kind of a situation there that you get, get upset. We've seen a lot of teams where they're just hooting and hollering at each other and, and they want to tap out at that point. Yolo and I have been in those situations so much on the trail in our life that it's just clean words to her. She doesn't spike it with emotion. She doesn't uh, get excited when maybe it's feels like we're about to roll over and that's where we play off and we set a lot of uh, uh, course records and things like that. So, so talk to me like, a, a like, in a, like in a situation, for example, that, you know, you are going up a hill or a mountain and you're in an incline where your vehicle is struggling and you're trying to work it. Uh, you know, I'm assuming you're kind of cutting angles to kind of go up that hill or that mountain or the rocks. Uh, and, and it, Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, what is your mindset in that when you feel like you said, like the fuck the the vehicle slipping and, you know, maybe you're kind of flipping backwards. Talk to me about that. Yeah, those situations happen pretty regularly, believe it or not, Uh, especially in competition, because there there 
putting you in those situations on purpose, right? They, they want to see how you play out, how prepared your vehicle is and, and where you uh, fall into the level of uh, skill. Really, it might sound odd, but in those moments, things slow down for me. That's where I think I become ultra sharp. And uh, I could I, I could feel and, and predict what the vehicle is going to do in those situations, just with the sheer amount of seat time I have. Uh, what I rely on most is the input from the passenger seat. What what Yolo sees, what what she hears, and what she feels, and she'll communicate those with me. And if need be, she'll uh, dismount the vehicle and and start recovery process and run the winch lines and set up the snatch blocks and all, all the things that it'll take to get us out of those situations. Oftentimes those are the ones that are hair raising for the spectators or the people that are around that, or maybe somebody that hasn't been in that situation a lot. And those are the times where I feel like I fall into the groove the most, which is uh, unique. I think for people that do anything that's uh, dangerous often. Right. So yeah. Yeah, so that 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 kind of would lead into another conversation about why I do it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that was my next question there. I mean, why do you do it? And I want to go back here and I want to kind of take you down a road. You know, talk to me a little bit about your childhood, your if you had any mentors growing up. I mean, did you develop this mindset and this urge, this drive, this focus, right? Um, since you were younger? That's a great question. Uh, not asked that question very often, if, if at all. Uh, I grew up in a super low income house, you know, no real father figure, no male role model. And what I lacked in my childhood, I'm the oldest of uh, four boys. What I lacked in my childhood, I think is what I, I chase now. The best way for me to put it into words really is uh, I'm trying to be the man I needed when I was younger, right? I needed I needed that role model, that solid figure, that that kind of alpha type mindset in my life that I didn't have when I was younger. And a lot of the things I participate in or, or the lifestyle I live now, I think is uh, the manifestation of that. So that's awesome. So you you. Did you have a mentor, someone that you followed, someone that maybe you read about, someone that that kind of inspired you? And, you know, because, you know, bottom line is that what you're doing now and being that you're so successful at it, you know, I got to believe that there was something in your core that you had at a, at a younger age to get to the level that you are at. Yeah, you know, I looked since I didn't have the uh, in the physical life kind of mentor or or uh, role model. I looked at things like uh, the Camel Trophy series and things like that that were happening in the '80s, where it was uh, a version of what's happening now. The things we're participating in now, where there was these you know big expeditions where groups of these really capable uh, males were out out conquering continents and things like that. So I do remember at a young age looking at that, uh, things like that just really kind of planted the seed. I think that that grew as I got older. So nowadays when I, I look around, it's, it's people like, like YOLO and, and friends that I have in my, uh, personal life that I pull kind of inspiration from, you know, a little, little pieces and things like that. Something that I like to do is uh, often kind of take inventory and, and make a list of the people that are around me and the things that I personally admire about them. And then I set out to become those things, you know, it's kind of a recipe for success for me. And, and I do that once or twice a year because, you know, new characters come in and out of your life, especially when, when you travel a lot and you're fortunate enough to meet fellows like yourself. And, by doing that, I formulated uh, kind of like the version, the better version of me, the version that I think has been waiting for me my whole life. And I'm trying to grow into that person. So I mean, you have a very strong following in uh, Instagram and you've branded yourself, you know, very well. You've positioned yourself very well. 
And how much of that inspires you daily to know, you know what, I have to be accountable to my audience. Mm-hmm. I have to be accountable to, to my tribe, to my followers, the people that, that believe in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, has that kind of leveled you off and, and carried you a little bit higher than, say, maybe you would have gone? Oh, absolutely. You hit that uh, square in the nose. What it does when you put yourself out there or, or even – Uh, write down your dreams or aspirations is it does make you accountable because you know that there's somebody out there. You might not know who it is, but that's watching and you're inspiring them. And by doing so, I think I've figured out a way that I think a lot of people have is to turn that into a fuel, right? When, when my tank's depleted, uh, I'll look at, uh, those mass amounts of DMS or emails that I get where people are going through their trials in life. And maybe I've affected them through a conversation or a post or something where I've, I've allowed myself to be vulnerable and, and put, put that out there. I, I, I look back at those things and realize that, uh, it's more than just my, my mission or my, my, uh, sure. You know, my life that's affected by the things that we're doing. So absolutely a hundred percent that there's a push behind everything. Do you believe that doing what you are doing right now has developed you, has made you stronger in mind, stronger in body, and has given you a kind of like a different outlook in life? Yeah, you know, when I look at myself, when I reflect a little bit on the last few years, uh, I oftentimes think of myself as just an average man uh, putting myself into extraordinary situations. And I do that pretty regularly. And by doing so, I've realized that I'm being forged by the fire of life, by the by putting myself in these situations that seem extreme or extraordinary. Each time I come out a, a little bit better, a little bit uh, more suited to do this type of stuff. So, yeah, 100 percent. I feel like it's affected me for the positive. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're out there, Yeti, and you're inspiring others and and. People that might never do what you do, that might never do this type of adventure. But I think that it carries over uh, to someone just seeing you, you know, face your challenges, that you're being out there, you're being vulnerable, and you're basically, you know, stepping up to doing something that, that you believe in, that you have passion in, and, and more importantly, you're giving it your all. And I think that kind of goes beyond you know, just, you know, Instagram DMing or whatever, you're really inspiring others. How does that make you feel? Well, it's humbling. It honestly is very humbling to think that uh, the day and age we live in, you can have that kind of reach, you know, that uh, it also inspires me. A lot of, a lot of times the way I think about it is uh, this journey, you know, you kind of have to realize that you're, you you have the potential to affect and help others around you. And by doing so, it'll, it'll help your personal growth or maybe help you reach, uh, the best version of yourself, you know, and you're right. It is more than the social media platform, but it's the beauty of, uh, of the time we live in now. You know, the, the reach is massive. Uh, the opportunities are huge. It's amazing to roll into a town in a state that I've never been in and, uh, feel like I have family there because of the network that's grown through social media. So that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. The base is huge. It's huge. And awesome. really, I don't know how far I've, I would be in this journey without, without social media to be there and kind of, uh, the checks and balances in life. Right. You know, so I feel pretty fortunate to be here and, and have the opportunity to do the things that I get to do regularly. That's some good stuff. All right, so I'm going to break it down here and kind of unveil the curtain a little bit, open you up here. I want to know when in your life you were struggling the worst. Mm. What happened in your life? I want to know a shit moment. I want to know bottom of the barrel and how you fucking stepped out of that and you said, fuck it, I'm going to go on, I'm going to push through it, and you had that warrior mindset and Uh. you were able to step up. That's a good question. You know, uh, immediately I thought of the moment and that moment was, uh, after I had bust my ass, uh, through my youth, through my twenties, worked my way to a position where I was a business owner, uh, pretty comfortable in life. 
I had all the things that uh, what I thought or was taught was to be a successful dude. I had the new Mercedes and the Audi and the, the properties and all the good stuff that goes along with uh, being a happy, comfortable, uh, average person. And in that moment is when I realized I still felt empty or I was missing something. And I was standing around. I hadn't hadn't technically had to clock into work or do anything for a couple of years at that point. I was in my uh, mid early thirties. And that's the moment I felt everything drop out from under me. I realized I had been locked in to chasing what I thought was uh, success. And the reality of it was there was something else calling me. And that was the moment I realized I had built myself a comfortable trap in life. And that was that oh shit moment where I immediately started to make changes. And a lot of those changes on the outside weren't visible. It looked as if nothing was happening, but really everything had changed at that moment. I had started to uh, dismantle that, that comfortable trap I had made for myself and start to work towards paring down my life, you know, uh, getting rid of a lot of the responsibilities and the possessions that I felt like were kind of trapping me. It paralleled the same time that I had met uh, Yolo, and she was kind of going through the same thing. And through some conversations her and I had, we had realized that to kind of live our life to the fullest, we had to put ourselves into some extraordinary, exceptional scenarios. And by doing that, I think uh, it was within a few months of feeling that oh shit moment that we literally had just our Jeeps, some adventure gear left in our possessions. We had gotten rid of everything else and really just put ourselves in the start over moment. So awesome. Very good. Thank you for opening up. That's good, man. Good stuff. It felt good. Now I'm going to, I'm going to flip the hat on you now. What Mm -hmm. was the most successful, the most shebang, you know, (laughs) fucking moment where you said, yes, here we are. And you know, we have some success and Mm -hmm. just, just kind of gave you that oozy feeling, that vibrant feeling (laughs) inside, man. (laughs) Shit. That was uh, day 500 of us living full time out of our rigs and traveling. We hit 500 days without a home address, no place Damn. to come home, nothing. And and that was where we realized we went on a hell of a run. You know, we had been. Wow. At that point, we had camped on the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Sea of Cortez, the Gulf of Mexico, and every other large body of water in the, in the country and uh, strung a bunch of competitions and events together to make those 500 days happen. And that was the moment I realized that holy shit, that wasn't a weekend camping trip. That was a hell of a run. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you were, you were what, 500 days you were gone away? Yep, yep. And we, Where we, did you travel? Uh, coast to coast and down into Mexico. Wow. So we hit every back Damn. road and two-track and uh, a trail system we could find in this country. And we did most all of it lone wolf, just Yolo and I in one of the rigs or both of the rigs, depending on uh, where we were in the country. So Damn. What made you just say, hey, let's go and get out of here and disappear for a while? You know, it really was uh, a conversation her and I had had talking about kind of fading away a little bit. We thought by getting rid of all our possessions and and paring down to that kind of minimalist type mindset that we would just fade away and, and not be noticed. And what had actually happened is momentum in life picked up when we started to take those risks and kind of put ourselves into those situations uh, life kind of fed back and gave us opportunities and, and, uh, allowed us to then become the pro class team for Brownells and things like that. So it was pretty incredible to think uh, once you say fuck it and realize that there is uh, only value on things that you give the value to, uh, incredible things start to happen. Opportunities start to happen. Raw experiences in life start to happen that have real value to people like myself and and, and others and uh that was the ride we were on and we're still on that ride and it's uh kind of a life lesson that's really changing for us you know that's awesome so you were when you were stripping it all away it's when all of a sudden life turned and and kind of brought that wave and carried you up that's you know what that's the way it is man a lot of times in life i mean uh, you know this 
that, you know, you're just trying to trim down the fat and you're saying, you know, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm just going to live off the basics. And all of a sudden you just get an, a surge of good stuff kind of filling you up. Right. It, it, it's exactly that. And a, a lot of times I uh, contribute that to the kind of thought process that if you allow yourself to be vulnerable oftentimes right around the corner is a big payoff or a big level up in life, right? Where a new opportunity or something maybe that you had never even thought was possible is just right around the corner. And what we did is put ourselves in a situation where we didn't know where the next gas uh, tank money is going to come from or what we're going to do for dinner in a week from now, right? Wow. And, and it was exciting. It was uh, definitely a complete flip in life, Uh life situations for both of us at the time because we both were put you know worked our way into a position where we were comfortable but i wouldn't change that for the world i th those worries and those kind of what ifs were what allowed us to step into ourselves and really become what did, what did you feel yeti that you got out of those 500 days oh man so much i'm i'm still kind of uh consuming what I got out of that. Right. I'm still becoming the, the guy that did that and, and realizing what that did for me, just the experiences that we had. But most of all, if I were to wrap it into words was, uh, I feel like I was forged in those 500 days. I feel like I'm ready for anything. I feel like that, uh, fear is no longer, uh, it definitely has no value in my mindset anymore. I'm not afraid of much, you know? So those 500 days, we found ourselves in all kinds of extraordinary situations where, uh, the what ifs kind of got a hold of us a few times and we had to work our way through that. If, you know what? If, give me an example, Sh shoot something at me. Give me yeah. an example where you were so, out there and early on, I'd say the first third, Part of that 500 days, Yolo and I found ourselves on uh, the Wyoming-Utah border, about 45 minutes off any maintained road. We had set up a base camp and been there for about seven days, completely re remote, didn't see another person during those seven days. We had uh, a water crossing that we had to make several times during that time to, to move around the area that we were in. And on the seventh day, we took that same water crossing about 60 feet uh, off the driver's side that we had normally crossed. And uh, what had happened is it was only a few inches of water and it was like a cobble hard packed surface just under the water. What we didn't realize is it was just a crust that uh, had like six feet of uh, mud, like suspended mud under it. And when it it, it broken away on us and we almost lost the jeep out there so we were damn uh completely alone out there found ourselves in a situation where the jeeps uh almost completely submerged and we realized that <laughs> we needed to unload what we thought had value and what could help us survive that situation so that we can at least walk or hoof our way out of there right and right that situation was where uh i realized how solid of a partner I had because the whole time Yola had a smile on her face and she was super positive. I think within the first 20 seconds of it all kind of going to shit, she was out airing down the tires and kind of laughing about it all and, and very cool through that experience. So that moment was one of those moments where I realized uh, perceptions reality. You know, it was a shitty moment. We almost lost our vehicle uh, and all our gear and everything we were living out of. But we made the best of it and we worked our way out of that situation and still drive that rig today. So, Damn, awesome. Definitely some of these things are life-changing and more importantly, they just build you. They get you stronger. Uh, one of the beliefs that I have is that, you know, in life, failure makes you the strongest. You know, it's, uh, you know, you take it, you learn from your mistakes, you learn from your failures, man, and it just, uh, you know, solidifies. And like you said, it forges you from the inside out, no doubt. All right. So let's get a little bit into, I'm going to kind of make a U-turn here and go back into your races and your competition. Mm -hmm. I want to know a specific time where, 
you know, you felt like your vehicle was either going to flip, you were on the edge of something. How did you operate in that environment from a, you know, mental aspect, from a physical aspect? You know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, we found ourselves in uh, on a mission in 36 hours last year where it was recommended that if it were to rain that you wouldn't take on that mission and it was a a hill climb super radical degree hill climb that uh the vehicle at its best could maybe climb halfway up it and then you would have to winch your way uh to the top and what had happened is we were running short on time uh yolo and i had made the call that we needed the points to complete that mission so we were going to push it to get out there knowing that rain was coming and when it rains in North Carolina in the middle of summer, it's pretty hairy. It, it comes down pretty hard. And we found ourselves uh, on the approach with a little bit of sprinkle on the windshield. And we hammered down it and made that hill climb. And by the time we made it halfway up that hill, it was a uh, uh, a super big downpour on us. And we realized we were so deep that you couldn't back down it. It was slick and slimy. And at that moment, it was pretty incredible because we knew we put it, we had forced ourselves into the situation that you're not supposed to be in. Right. And all we could do was just kind of slow down and work our way through it, uh, rely on the skill sets, on the training, uh, have complete faith that YOLO knows what she's doing. And, and she was going to rig us up safely and securely to get us up that, that hill. And even with all our equipment and our vehicle, uh, completely prepared for that situation. It was hairy. It was uh, a real challenge. It was maxing out our recovery gear, maxing out ourselves. Uh, and to answer your question a little bit, I really just had to have faith in training and let it be muscle memory and let uh, the systems work for us and just take the time, let things slow down enough that we didn't make any mistakes that could hurt ourselves or anybody else. And, and, that really, if you take that mindset and that situation and apply it to daily life, the struggles that any of us would have in, in daily life, it's the same thing. You have to have faith in uh, your skill set and who you are and the people that you surround yourself with and work yourself through it. And and that's what we often do. That's awesome. Let me get a little feel of what your training is like. Like say you say you have one a competition coming up in August. Mm -hmm. Give me an idea of what your training is like because, you know, we're talking, you know, you just mentioned you were in this uh, specific scenario and you were hoping that the training would kick in and, and, and it did because obviously you got out of it. So do you guys put yourself in p different positions? You uh, Talk to me a little bit about your training. Yeah, so what we do for our trading, it's, and it's probably pretty unique to us just because of the lifestyle we live, a lot of the things we did when we did that 500-day run or uh, currently do when we're out on adventure ourselves is uh, the same things that we would do in competition. We'll find ourselves in a, uh, a stuck position in the rig and have to work our way through the recovery gear part of it. Now, the training aspect of it is exactly that we'll go out and force the scenario right we'll uh intentionally dig in we'll go in two wheel drive in a in a place that four wheel uh four low with locked front and rear is required and we'll we'll get in as deep as we can in two wheel drive so that we're completely hung up and in a nasty situation and then we'll kind of reverse engineer that that situation and work our way out of it we do a lot of that uh the training uh you know nutrition we're, we gear up, we get get on board with a good a good diet. We also uh, work with a company called Huntley where uh, they really got us in solid uh, solid shape last year. I think for 36 hours, I think I dropped something like 45 pounds leading up to that and really got lean wow. and worked on my endurance and stuff like that. Um, YOLO, she's always in great shape, but she tightened up and really stepped up for that last year's competition. So we really wrap our whole lifestyle around these competitions and and it gives us a reason to hyper focus right and be better in in daily life so if anything i think that's what that's what we we shoot for 
How many competitions do you do a uh, a year ballpark? You know what? It's a su- surprisingly low amount because of what the competitions are, but it would be two or three a year, and then everything else would be like uh, non-competitive events, right, where we lead a six-day uh, off-road rally in Baja, and it's a lifestyle retreat where it's full-time on the trail and uh things like that. So that's the non-competition part of our lifestyle, but it's still uh, very taxing on the rigs and ourselves as well. We still prepare a a lot of the same ways for those. Now, do your rigs go through, say, swamps and rocks and hills and mountains and all sorts of... Yeah. A lot of times, like the unique part of uh, the competitions and then our lifestyle is uh, typically... Uh, a rig would be set up for a hunting rig or a trail rig or a rock crawler or a mud truck or you know there's all these kind of uh, things out there and what I pride our rigs uh, on is a lot like a Swiss Army knife but uh, what we differ in is the Swiss Army life or a Swiss Army knife does a lot of things but nothing well right <laughs> it's not really right good right so when I built our rigs, I built them for all, all things and, and to excel in all those things. So yeah, we do uh, swamp crossings, we do mud, giant mud holes, we rock crawl, we uh, do all the really technical high speed stuff and low speed stuff. So it's it's fun and I think it, it being a rig that we travel cross country with full time, it lends itself beautifully to the competitions because it's not... Uh, particularly one type of rig. I, I, I call it an endurance rig because it's handles well in all situations. Now, when you were talking to me a little bit about your diet and getting in shape for these competitions, I mean, I imagine these competitions, they must take a, a toll physically and mentally, even though they're for 36 hours, I imagine it's a, a very grueling 36 hours. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, you could be in great shape, but, uh, it's the endurance factor. Again, if you can't, if you can't take it as a, as a whole and, and be hopefully just as strong coming out of it as you went into it, uh, you're going to fall flat. I mean, you see, you do see a lot of guys that tap out through the competition or, or, you know, some of them are mental, mental tap outs where they're just not in it. And uh, a lot of them are physical where you get, you know, the second day in and and you realize, man, I haven't had any sleep. I'm not really uh, fueling my body right. And mentally, I'm completely tore back. And you'll see those guys kind of fall apart. And that's where YOLO and I find ourselves kind of taking a dual role. It's just in our nature to kind of help those uh, teams make it as far as they can. And, and if it, if it requires us to stack rocks to get their rig out of a hairy situation or as something as simple as a smile or, or a, a quick conversation to build their morale back up, we'll do that. You know, I'd gladly trade that for points any day. So when it comes to the competition, I understand that there's not much out there that's going to stop me other than a, a catastrophic failure either mechanically or or physically for myself or my teammate uh i find that strength of will and and mindset can get you through a lot even when you lack in other categories so now being the fact that you inspire other individuals and that what you do is really touching others but more importantly like you said that you're an open dude that you go out there and you'll show your struggles you'll show your successes um have you ever thought about doing some motivational or inspirational speaking you know just recently i started to kind of step back and do a self-evaluation and like a self-audit of sorts and with that came some uh, new goals right like I'm kind of growing into this this person that I am today and, and who I may be in the future. And I definitely, I, b- I believe there's room for that, but that would be uh, a huge obstacle of uh, for me to figure out how to go about doing that tactfully and, and make that something that it's relevant to my lifestyle now. <laughs> you know, it's like I kind of look mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. it 
I right, think, right. Like, how do I go about doing that without, uh, without failure? I want to, I want to, I want to jump into that. And, and if I do it, be successful at it and make an impact and, and hopefully, uh, you know, help somebody out in, in the process. So. Yeah, sure, sure. No, I mean, I I, the the reason I ask is very simple. I mean, you're an articulate guy. You speak with passion. You speak from the heart, and you know those are key components that you know good solid uh, keynote speakers and and motivational speakers have. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, brother. So I want to know, and this is uh, I always ask this, okay, and. I want to know your routine from when you get up in the morning to when you put the lights down. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Well, typically, uh, when we're full time, I'll, I'll give you our typical when we're on the road or, or adventuring. The first thing I do in the morning is a complete mechanical uh, rig shakedown. I'll check every bolt and every fluid, uh, really put eyes on everything because usually we put those horses to bed wet right so first thing in the morning is right. <laughs> a, a, a check over the rigs that gives me time to kind of uh sort through my own thoughts for the day and the days that are just behind me uh follow that up by uh preparing uh a nice breakfast for yolo and i something over the campfire typically and follow that up with uh yolo does yoga and a lot of stretching oftentimes goes for a run things things like that so i'll participate in that when i can if if i don't find too many things wrong with the rig and i'm and i'm wrenching on that that would be a good start to an average day uh followed up by typically figuring out what our route for the day is going to be sometimes we're pushing several hundred miles in a day on and off road so that usually takes up the chunk in the middle of the day is the the travel between base camps or or to the next des- destination. One of the fun things that uh, everybody has a distraction in life, right? And what our distraction oftentimes is is Yolo and I a few years ago made a promise to each other that if we're traveling down an interstate or a road and both of our heads whip and we see like dirt tracks or a trail off the side of the road that. We always promise to take those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of times, that's up a majority of our day doing something like that and finding a, a unmarked uh, path out to a insane waterfall or a cliff or some scenic view or uh, some. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, that that oftentimes will be what leads to the next day's or that night's base camp, even so. Um, that would work our way through the day. Uh, we typically try. Uh, to carry all our perishables and our food and nutrition on board. We'll stop somewhere and, and make a lunch or, or a dinner, depending on the time of the day. And end of the day, uh, Yolo and I, she really is, she is my adventure partner in life. So she's my best friend. And and we end most of the days around a campfire, kind of uh, just, you know, those traditional campfire talks where you're laughing, you're crying, you're making fun of each other, and you're just kind of talking about the day or, or some of the things that you're going to be doing in the next coming days. So, Very, very holistic. I like that. Very, uh, you know, basic, primal. Very good, man. I love yeah. that. It's uh, very unusual, very unique. I mean, considering how, you know, most of our society lives. And uh, I think that opens a door for... You know, good talks with people. You know, you know what? We need to go back to that primal. We need to go out. We need to go into, you know, in adventures, you know, go outside and experience the, the beauty that's out there. I think that many, many individuals that I know um, are sheltered from going out to, you know, adventures and being part of nature, man. I, I love that. I enjoy going hunting uh, and I need to myself go out and experience more of that wilderness, more of the mountains, more of the uh, that type of environment. No doubt about it, man. No doubt. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests here. All right. And, you know, you can lean back, think about it. And uh, it's a very simple one is what is your definition of a modern day warrior? Mm, that's a great question. I would say 
without jumping on that answer too quick, I'd say my definition of a modern day warrior is anybody that finds the strength to stand up to any challenges in their life. And by doing so, uh, you're suiting up, you know, you're preparing yourself for that struggle or that, that challenge in life. And it could be something as simple as an internal fear, you know, something you need to get over or something as big as turmoil in one's life. Right. Uh, so, so I feel like a modern day warrior is anybody that is willing to suit up with the mindset and take on the challenges of life head on. That would have to be what I would consider. That. Awesome. That's great. Very simple. Uh, not too much fluff. Love it. You know, and uh, I, what I tell everyone all the time on this podcast is that to be a warrior, you don't have to be a cop, a soldier. You don't have to be some functional athlete. You don't have to be, that is not, all right? The combat of life alone, if you're able to stand up, rise up, you know, like Yeti's talking about, you know, making it happen and learning from whatever passion, whatever drives you, man, you, you guys, you know, it's all about that. And once you get that, you're on your way to living a life that really embodies a warrior spirit, just like Yeti's shown it. All right, Yeti, tell my audience where they can reach you, where they can follow you, all that good stuff. Yeah, the best way to follow my daily adventures would be on Instagram at the Jeep Called Yeti and uh, follow YOLO at the Wild YOLO on Instagram. Those are the two best places to find uh, what we're doing daily. We post pretty regularly and uh, we'd appreciate you to reach out and kind of tap into what, what we're doing out there. That's awesome. And when is uh, your next race, you said? Let's, uh, that'd be mid-August in North Carolina. Now, they don't televise these, do they? Or Not yet. I think they're working on it, though. What we did do last year is brought a film crew with us because we knew it needed to start being documented, and we're working on a uh, mini-doc right now that should be out in the next few months. Oh, kinda. man, that's awesome. Good stuff. That uh, should be fun. Yeah, it will be fun, and I'll, I'll make sure I keep you posted on when that's going to be out so you can kind of take a peek at, it, at what we're doing. Oh, yeah, and I'll, and I'll blow it up on my social, no doubt about it. That's some good stuff. All right, my brother Yeti, man, it's been an awesome yeah. time here with you. You got some great stuff. We really dove deep inside, and uh, we, we kind of got a feel of who you are, what you're about. And uh, in my book, you're a warrior-minded man, my brother. I appreciate that. It was an absolute pleasure to get the, a chance to talk with you. Awesome, Yeti. And listen, if... Uh, you ever come down here to Florida, man, I would love to take a ride on that Jeep, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. All right, man. Stay, <laughs> stay safe, brother. All right, guys, there you have it. A great conversation with the Yeti. This guy is definitely a humble dude, but very powerful in the way he speaks. And he is on a journey of self-discovery and he's growing every single day doing something not only that he loves, but that he believes in and he has his heart and soul behind it. All right, my brothers, learn from that. Learn from that. Get that passion, right? Have that heart and soul behind things that you do that are important to you. Make that transformation. Take action today. All right, if you have not done so already, give us a follow at Man of War with two R's on Instagram. We're, we're uh, building that new account. And of course, check out the Man of War swag store. It's at manofwarswag.com. Get yourself a couple of t-shirts. Make sure that you tag Man of War with two R's on Instagram and I'm going to link you up and post you because I got to tell you that I'm so excited right now so excited with this new project all right gentlemen until next time your life may be challenging and full of dangers but never retreat your last battle may be your greatest victory <laughs> <laughs>